This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio mobile studio aboard Carnival Horizon, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Cruise Radio. We are live here on Carnival Horizon in uh, actually in Naples, Italy right now. We're about to set sail and head over towards Rome, a couple other ports before ending this thing over the weekend back in Barcelona. Uh, if, as always, if you want to follow our coverage, check us out. We're online at cruiseradio.net. You can follow us on Instagram, our Facebook, uh, also our Snapchat, all that, cruiseradio.net again right there. Joining me is a guy who hasn't been on the show, and it's been a little, it's been a minute, Chris. Chris Owen from chriscruises.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So I want to talk all about Carnival Horizon. Before we actually talk about the ship, I do want to tell you... um, Christine Duffy, she's the president of Carnival Cruise Lines, will be stopping by. Also, Eddie Allen, which, Chris, I don't know if you knew this or not. Eddie Allen, he's the guy who developed the Cheers program for Carnival. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so back in 2011, 2012, when Eddie came on board, he designed it. We'll be talking to him later, too, because he has some really cool stories about why he designed it and all of that and price points and just... he's he's tell about how popular it is? Yeah, he's a fascinating guy. So all about that. Yeah, so... uh, we get to Barcelona. We walk on board Carnival Horizon. What were your first thoughts of the ship? Well, first thoughts of the ship are stunning. A, a very relevant ship. The decor is is just uh, out of this world. It's a refined... For Carnival, if you were to make a scale and say on one end is Carnival Fantasy, fantasy Class ships, the, the, the glitzy and neon type ships that people talk about, and on the other side, on the other end is Vista, which is the most relevant. Uh, just to the uh, side of, of Vista will be Horizon, because this is absolutely stunning ship. I would put this up against any new Royal Caribbean, Norwegian uh, ship that's out there. Yeah, because Carnival Vista, when you walked on Vista, it was a very blue color palette, where here, across the whole ship, it's more like red tones. That's correct to say? I would say so. I think that this also uh, this also satisfies people that are looking for that Scandinavian design. I'm most excited to talk about where we're sitting right now because between the barbecue, the craft beer, and the live country music, it's like right up my alley. Okay. I, I was in here the other night until 3 a.m. So. I, I was <laughs> yeah. say, if you got him in here, you wouldn't ever get him out. Right, exactly. Uh, if you're talking about the, the staterooms, of course, there's all the – you have the Havana Suites on here, which is the um, – they're located in the back of the ship, and it's the area where if you have a Havana cabin, a Havana suite, you have access to the deck five aft pools where it's just for you until 7 o'clock, and then it opens to the public. So that's really nice. Also, the Family Harbor staterooms on this ship, which is a dedicated area just for families, and it has a um, – like, uh, I guess a room, a little, I don't want to say play area, but there's like, they have a breakfast buffet in there. They have a 24-hour ice cream area in there. They have the cove balconies there. That's really cool as well. Family's really popular with that. I mean, there's, there's I believe there's 4,288 people on our sailing right now. Every time I walk by, they're on deck too, because anybody can walk through Family Harbor. It's not like secluded, just the area where the families can go is secluded. It's packed. Like, people are loving it. Uh, and, of course, the Cove Balconies. I think this is the second class of Carnival ships that have the Cove Balconies, and they're, they're super popular as well. As far as the stateroom, my balcony cabin, if you're familiar with any balcony cabin on Carnival these days, it's about the same. Color tones, a little bit different. Bathrooms, the same. Same storage, three big closets. And then the colors are a little... Like, Vista and the other ones are kind of bluish. These are more 
Would it be called, would muted tones be the muted tones? I think is exactly right. Muted tones, more earth tones. Uh, it's more of a comfortable color mm-hmm. and comfortable feel. I think we've gotten away from someone that knows more about design than I would might have said tacky, mm-hmm. and that's gone. And the and the uh, nice uh, comfortable fabrics are back. Or actually, maybe that's new. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think it seems new to me too. I think that's new because yeah. we're seeing things that look like in Vista. And, and, and they looked good, but it was like, okay, I, these were more made to last a long time than to be comfortable and pretty. And these in, on uh, Horizon seem a bit more uh, appealing, more relevant. Carnival Horizon is a Vista-class ship, meaning this ship is pretty much identical as far as the floor plan, the blueprint, as Carnival Vista. So it's pretty, they're sister ships. I mean, there's a couple of minor tweaks in the design as they learn from one ship to another. As far as new spaces add, we just touched on this, but we'll touch on it again because it's a great venue. Of course, where we're sitting right now used to be the Red Frog Pub, and they announced last year they were adding Guy Fieri's Smokehouse and Brewhouse in place of the Red Frog Pub. What are your thoughts on that change? Well, it was absolutely a perfect fit. And this is a cruise line taking a look at who their passengers are, seeing what they want, what they want, and what would work well for them, and let them and add a fun element to it. That's the thing. Everything Carnival does it revolves around fun. Their new thing, choose fun. Oh boy, you know it's it's so easy to tag photos that way because there's fun things happening. And and uh, let's say brew my own beer on the ship. I was sitting here last night, and, and, and we'll, I know we're going to talk about this later, but uh, I was sitting here last night having dinner, and, and I, they brought out a flight of beer to try the four different beers, and I'm sitting here trying those, and right behind me, I can see where they were made, yeah. and, and that's pretty cool. I have not seen that on any other ship. How is the barbecue? I've, I've had the barbecue lunch. I'm having dinner here tonight, so I can't speak on how the dinner barbecue is. What were your thoughts on it? And you, I know you're a big fan of the cornbread, too. Okay, well, you open the door, so let's put it this way. If you're booked on any other big ship cruise, cancel it. Oh, Book wow. on this ship for that reason. Yes. <laughs> is there anything else you need to Just know? Just for the cornbread. Now, this comes from a, a boy that was uh, born and raised in Kansas, where we think barbecue was born. Yeah. I know what barbecue is about. This is really, really good from start to finish. Yeah, it's an a la carte menu, so the appetizers are starting at $4, uh, dinner entrees starting at 8 and if you want to get like a rack of ribs, I think that's like from 8 to $18 or something like that. You can check out the prices on the website at cruiseradio.net. Uh, and speaking of brews and drinks and Alchemy Bar, which we'll touch on later, I uh, had a chance to catch up with Eddie Allen. He is the Vice President of Beverage Operations for Carnival Cruise Line. So let's check in with Eddie right now. And welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So first off, I just got to ask you, how does someone get an awesome job like you? Because you have a pretty cool gig. I feel very fortunate to have the job I have. You know, my background is, um, well, I'm a sommelier first. Mm-hmm. And I grew up working in restaurants. Um, I have a passion for wine that was instilled in me from my parents, who between scuba diving, food and wine, um, that's pretty much what all of our vacations centered around growing up. And I fell in love with wine at a young age. It's still my passion, though mm-hmm. some people you know, accuse me of being a mixologist, definitely a beer enthusiast and Cicerone, but sommelier is what I prefer as a title. And um, I love what I do. I love taking care of guests on vacation and really giving them a great opportunity to have fun and enjoy new beverages. I mean, we're in Italy right now. I mean, are you taking advantage of some of the wineries since you're a big wine fan? You know, I'm, I'm trying to. I had a couple great Vermentinos this morning as we were in Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite white varietals. And what a great 
island, right? I mean, one of my favorite places in Italy. You grow up in Texas. You leave Texas, you go to Vegas. Seventh generation Texan. Okay. We went from Texas to university in Arizona and then moved to Manhattan, actually. Um, Manhattan, I worked for a couple different restaurant groups, including Steven Starr, where I opened Morimoto and Budokan. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I transitioned out to Vegas and worked for the Tao Group for almost six years, running all of their uh, beverage programs. You came aboard about the time that Carnival rolled out the Cheers beverage program, aka All You Can Drink. Is that was that one of your brainchild? Yeah, you know, Cheers. I look at it as my baby. Uh-huh. Um, I joined right at the end of 2011, and we started working on it and rolled out on Carnival Victory in San Juan in 2012. And then about a year later, I think we managed to get across the fleet um, in the U.S. Great program, really something I designed for me and my friends and family when we sail. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you a great opportunity to taste, trial, try new things, have a great time, not worry about a bill at the end of your cruise. You know, you can prepay, come on board, and just not worry about a thing. Are people hitting that 15 day a drink minimum or maximum, rather? You know, we have a maximum there for safety reasons. Sure. For it to be a value for our guests, you really only need a few cocktails a day. Plus, you know, if you have a cappuccino, a couple bottles Mm -hmm. of water, maybe an energy drink, all of a sudden you're saving money. Um, No reason to drink 15 drinks a day. Unless you want to. Uh, So here we are on Carnival Horizon right now, sailing in the Mediterranean. Carnival Vista was the first ship to have the brewery on board. Um, What made you decide, hey, we need a brewery on our ships? You know, when I joined in 2011, one of the first things I tackled was our beer list. Mm -hmm. And we had a an expansive beer list, but it was a very generic beer list of really American and imported lagers. Uh-huh. We wanted to come in and, as a beer drinker, add more variety and higher quality beers. Yeah. So initially we looked at how do we add national craft brands, then how do we add regional craft brands to our ships sailing out of various ports. And then the natural next step for us was how do we add our own brewery on board. Um, I'm very proud of both the Red Frog Pub and Brewery as well as our new Pig and Anchor Smokehouse Brewhouse creating some of the freshest beer our guests have ever tasted. Any challenges to brewing beer at sea with movement and all of that? You know, the movement hasn't been a challenge. We have an amazing water source right here on board, our Vista-class ships. That hasn't been a challenge. And we're so good at logistics. Remember, we're sending products all over the world to our ships. So adding in the hops and yeast and Mm -hmm. other ingredients we need for the beer isn't that big a deal. And with Colin Presby, our brewmaster, overseeing both breweries now, We really have a great program um, that I'm very proud of. How important is it to shake things up in the different venues as far as with the cocktails and the menus? Um, You know, because I'm sure you're always thinking five steps ahead, like what guests are going to like. Is that important to you? We're always looking at what trends are happening, not only in the U.S., but around the world and the beverage scene. Um, Mm -hmm. It's super important to me, and I'm always trying to innovate and create new things. You know, right now we're working on alchemy, um, which is a amazing menu, but I change it about every year and a half or so to keep it fresh and keep interesting cocktails for our guests. What do you think makes the Alchemy Bar stand out? Our mixologists. Yeah. They're fantastic. You know, we have some of our best bartenders behind Alchemy. We give them some of the best ingredients possible and a lot of free reign to create some amazing drinks customized for our guests. What's the um, most popular specialty drink you sell on board here? Ooh. Well, at Alchemy, it's definitely the Cucumber Sunrise, yeah, which is a, good a personal one. favorite yeah, of mine. Same. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, at Pig and Anchor, this cruise, we've seen a lot of the smoky watermelon margaritas going across the bar. I think our um, pineapple chipotle martini is mm-hmm. a carnival favorite at this point. And just about any drink I put chocolate in is going to be a hit. If there was one drink that you took off the menu that would really cause guests to freak out, which one do you think that would be? 
Probably like a, our kiss on the lips, okay. which has been on the menu forever, is a fan favorite and a great frozen cocktail. Where do you go for inspiration? Like when you're trying to think of new concepts and new ideas and new drinks, like where's your go-to spot? Wow, I, I don't think there is a go-to spot. I'm fortunate to have a job that allows me to travel and mm-hmm. see what's going on around the world. Um, just the other day I was in Barcelona and went to Dry Martini, the number 63 bar in the world. So I wanted to see what was going on in the Barcelona scene. Mm-hmm. Great cocktails, amazing service, a huge focus on gin like a lot of uh, Southern Europe is right now. And same within the U.S. I'm always traveling. I'm always looking for what's the new hot, cool bar, whether it's in my hometown of Houston, Texas or Manhattan or mm-hmm. small town America. Is molecular still a thing? When I look at molecular, whether we're talking cocktails or food, I think it's totally still a thing. Okay. You know, we, through science, we've got great techniques and new inventions and tools to both the food and beverage scene. And now that it's not as popular and hot and trendy, you're seeing these same techniques and tools intertwined with traditional bartending techniques. And I think it's a really amazing thing that it's not no longer a big deal to see a mixologists carbonate a whole cocktail or mm-hmm. put um, salt air on top of a margarita. You have a, what is it a bacon bacon martini you have at the Smokehouse? We're doing a bacon Manhattan. Bacon Manhattan. Um, so what we're doing in conjunction with our galley actually is mm-hmm. we're doing a process called fat washing, which essentially infuses bacon into a spirit. Um, by doing this, we get that great flavor of the fattiness of the bacon as well as the smokiness. And then we're making a traditional Manhattan with a little bit of sweet vermouth and then um, smoked chili uh, bitters. And of course, serving that with a bacon garnish, which is a huge hit. You had another drink that I had last night, actually. Um, it's smoky. Is it the, the Belvedere? So we're doing a smoked Boulevardier. That's what it is. Uh, Boulevardier is a classic cocktail during Prohibition, American bartender created in France. Um, it's transcended the test of time, I guess, at this point. Very similar to Negroni, but based on bourbon mixed with sweet vermouth and Campari. Our twist on that is we um, actually smoke it under a dome with some uh, dried rosemary and add a rosemary garnish. Huge hit. People love to Instagram it. We're yep, seeing it all totally. over social media already. <laughs> and a great cocktail. A cocktail that on its own, I drink at home all the time, quite nice. honestly. And then when you add that rosemary smoke, it really takes not only the presentation, but the flavor um, profile to another level. Yeah. How involved, um, since it's Guy Fieri's Smokehouse Brew House, is he involved with the drinks you're creating as well? Like, is he saying, yeah, let's serve that, or is it two different entities? No, you know, Guy's a great partner of ours. Mm-hmm. Him and his team work really well with me, our food team, and everyone here at Carnival. And so there's definitely collaboration. On the beverage side, you know, these are my cocktails that I took to them. Okay. Um, I know they tasted a bunch of them, loved them. Same with the beer styles. We went to them and said, these are the types of beers we're looking at making as we were testing them on Vista and the Red Frog Pub and Brewery, getting ready for Pig and Anchor. His team was well aware of everything and really excited. I know he can't wait to try the smoke porter. Awesomeness. We have people creeping on us, so we'll wrap this up here. But what's your favorite brewery in uh, South Beach? Ooh, my favorite brewery. And let's talk Miami. And yeah, there Chino. we go. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like that in Miami we have a nice three brewery pub crawl through Wynwood. You can mm-hmm. start at Jay Wakefield, move on to Concrete Beach, an amazing brewery, and then end up at Wynwood Brewing. I don't know if I want to choose which of the three are my favorite, but I like to hit all three in the same day. Are there even breweries on South Beach, or am I just... Well, we have the Abbey Pub. Okay, see, I had no clue. The Abbey Pub has been brewing on South Beach for, I think, a couple decades. It's two blocks from my house, so 
you will find me there a lot of nights. Awesome. We've been talking with Eddie Allen, Vice President of Beverage Operations for Carnival Cruise Line. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. And uh, keep the good drinks coming, man. They're awesome. Thanks for joining us on Carnival Horizon. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. And as Eddie was just talking about all the drinks served on the ships and how he changes up the menus and the different drinks in every different venue, you have the food. And, of course, a couple of, you know, tweaks on this ship but, uh, between the barbecue. And also, you, you really like the new steakhouse experience. Talk to us on that. Hey, you know what about that? A different menu altogether. It's not so much uh, geared towards let's put on the feed bag and have a great big steak as let's try some new stuff and let's do some different things. And, man, is the menu different. From beginning to end, uh, there's a lot of different selections. Um, People with special diets, even a vegetarian, can eat at the steakhouse. They took off like the escargot and the cream spinach, but they also added really good, uh, drawing a blank right now, of what they replaced those things with. But, um, gosh, I can't remember this. Not Kobe. Well, it's it's, it's a- mushrooms. There's, there's mushrooms. There's mashed potatoes everybody was getting. And, oh, gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know, but you'll have to check out the website if you want to see the full menu at cruiseradio.net. We'll link to that. There's no editing this show. This is this is raw deal here, dude. Yeah. Uh, the seafood check, really good. I had the lobster roll yesterday. I haven't been there yet. Tell me about okay. it. Lobster roll, served with fries, $12. Hmm. And is it good? Because you're a lobster boy. Yeah. Free. Yeah, totally. And if you don't like How the mayo. So I wouldn't put it as close to a New England lobster roll, mm-hmm. but I would give it a seven probably. Yeah, and so if you don't like mayo, like I don't really care for mayo, they'll toss it in butter for you. And then you had the clam strips and fries as well. Ooh. That was $8, I believe, because it was like 20-something with gratuity and everything back there. But it was, it was really, really good. For that. Yeah, I had pizza after the brew house the other night at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And that was, for 3 a.m., it was really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I felt it going back to the cabin with my indigestion. Uh, but main dining room. You thought the main dining room resembled a steakhouse. 
Well, if you'd blindfolded me and sat me down in there and take the blindfold off, I would have thought I was at the steakhouse. Why? It doesn't look like a main dining room at all. It's broken up into little sections like uh, like a regular restaurant would be. Um, there's It's quiet. It's it's uh, not dark, but it's, uh, it's a very pleasantly lit with uh, lights above the table with Thank the Lord for everybody that takes an Instagram is going to love it because the lights are not directly above the table, but they're at an angle shining down on the table so that you can put your uh, camera right above your mm-hmm. food and not get the, 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 somebody was thinking, Yeah, you know, you don't need to bring that big light in to shine yeah, over yeah. your food to take the no, picture. Yeah. Your flash when you, <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> you know? uh, back to the steakhouse for Talk a second though. Yeah. Back to the steakhouse, they incorporated the piano area into the steakhouse. Talk about that, because you thought it was really cool. Well, it, initially I thought, wow, this could be a, an issue, because we had a little get-together to begin with, uh, to begin the cruise in the piano bar, and it was rather loud, people talking and stuff, and, and they said, oh, and there's the uh, steakhouse right there. And the, there was, I mean, it's 10 feet away. It's right there. And I thought, wow, I wonder what that would be like to eat. Well, we, and the next, was the next night we ate? Yeah, mm-hmm. next, next, night. Night, next night we ate there, and there was things going on in there. A guy playing the piano who was marvelous, and it was really nice. It was it fit in really good. It was it was a different feel. Like I say, it wasn't the quiet, muted. Oh, here's a candlelight. Let's celebrate our anniversary place. It's the hey, let's have fun at our anniversary place. One thing I was worried about when they introduced, because they flipped. So they, they, they flipped the piano bar and the library bar. Mm-hmm. So the, the steakhouse and the piano bar are now next to each other and divided by a waterproof insulated door or fireproof, whatever it's called, where it, it stops the sound from one area to another. So whenever the steakhouse is open, they're playing the, the music and the door is open. But when the piano bar opens for business for the late night sing-alongs, they shut that door and you can't oh, even they do. Yeah, you can't oh, even I hear it. Yeah, oh, you, you okay. can't hear it, and it's good because people can start their night doing their Sweet Caroline and Billy Joe Piano Man and all that, while when you're in here eating the steakhouse, you can still eat and have a nice... What side of the table were you sitting on? I was were looking... I was facing the piano bar. Well, to me, it was like, we're having dinner on tea, uh, at, at a lovely place and watching this cool show. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like ha- having TV trays or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a cool experience. And I, I'll be the first to tell you, that's one thing I was worried about, is whenever they put the piano bar next to the steakhouse with the noise. But it's not... So far, I should say, it hasn't been an issue. Of course, I've only been on the ship for four nights. But, um, yeah... Let's see. What else do you want to talk about here? Because we have, uh, there's so much. Entertainment, Playlist Productions, they're rolling out new shows for this ship. And they're 35 to 45 minutes each. I have a hard time sitting still, you know, during these shows. Yeah, so, you can't do it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm wiggling around and fiddling while we're doing this interview. 30 minutes is about my max. So I can, I can appreciate the 35-minute shows. But if they, I think it depends on what it is too, right? Like not everybody's a show tune person. I like live music. If there's, if there's a big band playing, which there was last night, and then the other night there was a show called Soulbound, not really my taste, but the big band thing was really cool. That's more up my alley with the live music and the vocals and all that. Well, you know, that was my plan last night was I went to uh, uh, him here for dinner at Guy's, and I was going to do that and so I could go see the show at 630 
and I, and I really planned on that, but guys ran late, and I did, then they did live. They do live music with the country band and stuff. Oh my God, you can't leave. But that's my point: is I don't care if they're thirty minutes or an hour or ten minutes. If they're no good, I'm not going, yeah. and I don't go to shows for for, for that reason if, because I don't want to waste my time. I would rather enjoy sitting here talking to someone that I have met on the cruise that has a marvelous story about the forty years they worked driving a cab. Yeah, you know what's awesome? There's a lot to be said. So these shows are, are subjective, right? It's like music; it's not going to be for everyone. I'm going to be a hardcore Garth Brooks fan. You're not. You're going to like Alice Cooper or whatever. But see, that's the thing I like about the playlist productions things. They are considering that. What's better, to have a really nice, well-scripted uh, thing that's real true to a long story that nobody wants to see, or a shorter one that's more fun, more relevant, and, and aimed for, for the audience that everybody wants to see and has one heck of a time and a whole lot of fun at? Yeah. Which are you going to choose? Right, and as long as you keep, as long as it keeps moving around, and like like you said, I don't care about a plot. Good music, good vocals, good instruments. I'm rocking all night long. But what I do is I normally sit in the back, so I'll sit in the very top row, watching people because, like I said, these shows are so subjective. Where you might like it, and I might not like it. But I think the final judge is how many people get up and leave during the show. And the first two shows I've seen on the ship, no one's got up to leave. Well, and the other thing is, I did the same thing, and then the next time, I moved down closer. I wanted to get as close as I possibly could, because that show was so darn good. Yeah, totally. And I like how they bring the party from the the theater into the main atrium. So the band actually, or the band or the singers, the dancers, they actually segue, and they're dancing with you from the actual theater itself into the atrium, and everyone's kind of having a a three-story deck party. This is kind of a theme. You're talking about differences between Vista and Horizon. I think it's more a matter of where Carnival is today and Carnival was at the time of Vista. Vista at that time represented a big change forward, a big step forward, uh, some new goals for them to attain with other other uh, ships because that was this flagship of the fleet. Now we have New Horizon, which is also different, also evolved, and I think that's, one of, that's the reason for that swap of the... Um, uh, piano bar and and the library bar. It's a more relevant thing. Open it. Open up that space if we can. Open it up as much as we can, and let's have more fun rather than traditional. Yeah. Take that same theory and apply it to dining and what we just talked about, and it makes sense. Yesterday, I had a chance to catch up with Christine Duffy, who's the president of Carnival Cruise Line. So we'll check in with that interview right now. So we're with Christine Duffy, the president of Carnival Cruise Line. Welcome back to the show, Christine. Thank you so much, Doug. The horizon is a little bit different, not much, than Carnival Vista. What are the what are some of the major differences? You know, I it's like uh, this is ship number twenty six for us. Mm-hmm. So you know, you love all your children the same. Right. But I have to say, this ship has everything that Vista has plus. Mm-hmm. So I think even when you walk into the atrium, we've used some different um, materials uh, around the atrium that I think just enhance the look and feel. Mm-hmm. When you look at the steakhouse and what we've done with opening up and moving the piano bar to be adjacent to the steakhouse, so you've got you know piano, live piano music playing during your dinner, mm-hmm. and then it converts to the piano bar. Library lounge, I think, is much cozier, more beautiful in many ways for the purpose that you'd want to use it for. So Seuss at Sea with Waterworks, I think, makes a big splash, pardon the pun. So I think it's it's really 
just taking everything that worked on Vista and and where we could enhancing. I think my biggest um, excitement here on Horizon is the Pig and Anchor Smokehouse. Oh my gosh! I, gosh. Yes. Have they, you had a chance you, to go there yet? I have had the pleasure of eating. Uh, I have not been to this uh, particular restaurant yet, but I love the food. I mean, the food that we had even on the buffet yeah. uh, is is so good. So we think that's going to be a big hit. When it comes to designing um, a new ship, like you have Panorama coming next, how much influence do you as the president have on the actual design of the ship or the spaces on the ship? Actually, a lot more than I uh, think I should. (laughs) You know, it's a very iterative process. Uh So even when you look at something like the library, uh, I really wanted that space to be different. Mm -hmm. Um, It was Mickey uh, Arison's idea to to have the steakhouse and the piano bar open into each other. So Mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time with multiple people. Arnold has given opinions and and ideas uh, to really come up with what we think will will work best. Smart elevators was something that was important to us. The teppanyaki, uh, Costa, one of our sister brands, has had very successful uh, results with their teppanyaki Mm -hmm. restaurant, which was one of the reasons we thought, why not include that? on horizon as part of this uh, bonsai area. Which is very popular. So if you're sailing on this ship, you might want to pre-book teppanyaki because you probably won't get it once you get on the yes, ship. Yes, because, it, and, and one of the things that's nice but does make it a little challenging for the demand is we can only hold uh, between the two tables 18 people. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is more limited. I have a listener question here via Facebook. Uh, so rumors have circulated for ages about Carnival changing their loyalty program. Are there any changes coming in the future? There are no changes to the loyalty program that we're contemplating at this time. Okay, fair enough. And uh, can you give us any details on the upcoming Carnival Panorama? I have to ask. I think the biggest thing for Panorama is the fact that we're going to home port her on the West Coast and we're going to bring her directly from the yard to Long Beach. So she'll be there in time for the holidays. And we haven't had a new ship there in uh, 20 years, and I don't think the West Coast has ever seen a ship like this home ported year-round in the West Coast. So we're very excited about expanding Mm -hmm. our footprint in that market, the work that we're doing in Ensenada, you know, to develop that and enhance the guest experience. And so you'll continue to see us investing in the West Coast market. Last question. You mentioned you sailed all 26 ships. How long did that take you? Well, I did it over the course of the first 12 months that I was with Carnival. Whoa. Now, at that time, we only had 24. Right. So, uh, Vista, and then Vista came in 16, and now, of course, Horizon. But, yes, 24 ships in, in 12 months. Very cool. Christine Duffy, president of Carnival Cruise Line. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for being here. All right, Chris, we've been rambling long enough, and Christine just answered a lot of questions for me. So, uh, let's tackle some listener questions and then uh, get out of here. But I do want to say, before we start the listener questions, I'll be doing the transatlantic on this sailing. I got a heck of a deal. It's like 1100 bucks for the room in the air. So I'm sailing it from Barcelona to New York in a couple of weeks. So I'll be doing shows on board the ship during the transatlantic crossing, internet willing. And um, I'll be answering more questions as well. But uh, Ron has a question about the internet and how the internet speeds are. Now, I tested the internet during a sea day from my cabin, which is on deck seven midship. And my um, download speed was 3.71 megabytes per second, and my upload speed was 8.58 megabytes per second. And as you were saying, it's important to know you can't compare these to internet connections at home. 
No, that, that's, that's not fair at all. This is apples to oranges. But uh, compared to uh, uh, my other experiences at sea, this is about as fast as I've, heard, I've, I've experienced. I mean, it's been really nice. I just put, uh, well, about 80 photos, I think, up on yeah. Facebook full size on our gallery uh, for our day, from the last 24 hours on the ship. And it took maybe 10 minutes, 15 yeah, and one thing, I use Google Photos to back up all my photos on my iPhone, and I've noticed it's been live backing up throughout the whole cruise, which oh. on other cruises, I could get home and it says 500 photos still left to upload because it paused because the internet was so slow. And in comparison, I was on Carnival Magic in February for John Hill's blogger cruise, and the downloaded ups- upload speeds were both under one. And I'm able to upload the show, which is good, able to upload photos, Instagram, all that, Snapchat. So it's not a problem for me. Um, question here from, I believe it was Heather Johnson. She says, how is formal night in the main dining room on Carnival Horizon? My husband's not a big dressy guy. Could he get away with jeans or should we go somewhere else on formal night? Your husband will feel right at home here. Jeans are absolutely fabulous. Um, if he has a nice pair of jeans, bring those if you want to go to the steakhouse. Um, that's the only requirement. You can wear jeans at the steakhouse. That's the nicest venue that there is on this ship, I suppose. If you want to say that, it's not, it's not you know, the big formal place that it once was. It's more casual, more open, more airy. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, we haven't talked about the teppanyaki place that was added. That's because I haven't, I didn't get a reservation for this sailing, but I have, I booked one for the transatlantic. So I'll talk more about the teppanyaki on a later show. I, I will say that it's every night of the week, and they're doing three seatings and sixteen guests per seating. So there, I can't do that math in my head, but sixteen times three per night times however long the cruise is is how many people they're you know pumping through there, and it's popular. So if you want to book the steakhouse, or if you do want to book. Um, the teppanyaki especially don't try to say oh I'm going to come on the ship and try to book it because it's probably not going to happen 16 you know guests per seating it's in high demand right now that's a good tip that that works for shore excursions because they do always hold some back for that not for this it's too popular yeah well let's wrap this up dude Um, if you want to catch Chris where can we find you at chriscruises.com just look on the front page we're doing this whole event on social so links to social stuff is where you can find our things Awesome. You can check the website out at cruiseradio.net, also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that. Or when all else fails, just go to cruiseradio.net. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining me and uh, doing the show with me out here at the Pig and Anchor Brew House and Smokehouse. Thanks, Doug. It is always a pleasure, and it's an extreme pleasure here, I'll tell you what. Well, on that note, broadcasting from the Carnival Horizon in Naples, Italy, I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for being here. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida.
For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.